that was very helpful. And in fact, I feel like I'm definitely in a better place now after having this conversation with you because you're right. That's what I think makes your work different and better than others. I definitely don't think I'd be engaged to him or in the relationship I'm in if I hadn't listened to you at all. Sick of sacrificing or settling in your romantic life? Welcome to Make Him Wonder with Coach Paula Grooms, where women struggling in real relationships ask the expert. Unscripted, unfiltered, understandable coaching conversations to help passionate women succeed in love. Hi there, and welcome to Make Him Wonder. I'm your host, Coach Paula, a dating and relationship coach, licensed social worker, and author of the book, Why Won't He Commit?, how a man decides to make you the one. My guest today is 59-year-old Carla, who is dating 61-year-old Mike. Carla states that Mike has been twice married, with both wives having cheated on him. Following seven years of being separated, Mike is only now starting the divorce process from his second wife. Carla reports making three times what Mike does. She's also unhappy with what appears to be his low T and him wanting a lot of alone time during the week, apparently just to be on social media. Carla wants to know how to remain open to Mike, yet protect her heart and her financial well-being at the same time. Welcome, Carla. Thank you, Paula. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, how long have you been dating Mike? Mike and I met in October of 2020. During COVID, we dated for about three months. I was dating others at the time and actually selected another person to be exclusive with and shared that with Mike. Um, That relationship did not work out. And a couple of months later in March of 2021, uh, reached back out to Mike and let him know that I was no longer dating that other person and was available and we started seeing each other again at that time. And how did you meet initially? We met online. He pursued me to, to meet and uh, go out on a date, uh, which all happened in one day and broke, embarrassed to admit, um, all the rules that I've since learned. But uh, we went out on a date uh, the first night that he was reaching out and really hit it off. And... How long then in total have you been seeing him? Close to two years, really a year and a half, and exclusive starting in around June of 2021. So exclusive for about a year and a half? Yes. And what has your relationship along that time period, what does that look like in terms of how much you see each other, what you do together? Tell us about it a little bit. We see each other always Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, spending that entire time together. We initially would see each other um, more often during the week, usually on Wednesdays, maybe going to the gym or going for a walk. Uh, That kind of started to taper back a little bit. Um, He started donating plasma and was tired. So occasionally we'll get together during the week. We talk every day, every morning, a good morning text, throughout the day text, always a good evening text and texting during the night but don't always see each other during the the week. So you had mentioned in my introduction of you that you make three times what he does. How has that impacted your relationship? 
it has impacted in the sense that I end up paying for um, more things than he does. Uh, we went on vacation, and this is kind of what um, prompted me to, to seek you out and looking at, at your post. And he paid for some things. I paid for the majority of that trip. When we came back, he got COVID. Then a couple of days into that, seemed to get depressed and shared with me that it made him not feel like a man and that he was struggling with the fact that I made more money, that I paid for more things. He had never had this type of a relationship before, and he felt that it, it gave him less power in the relationship and that he was less than a, a man. And what did you say to him when he shared that? I shared that, you know, I've, I've prayed to God for a long time. I've been divorced for, for 10 years, and I, I prayed to God to bring me a good heart. I never was looking for a checkbook and that he's a good man and that I respect him, uh, that I enjoy him, and that the finances were not an issue for me, um, but I understood that that was something that he was going to have to come to terms with because I can't change what I have or who I am. That was a really lovely answer. Thank you. What did he come back with from that answer, if anything? Just that he needed some time. And again, I feel that with COVID, he was kind of depressed on top of all of that. So he had the weekend by Sunday afternoon. And, and throughout that weekend, too, he would text here or there. By Sunday afternoon, he felt better. He said that he, you know, he didn't want to lose me over this and that this was his insecurity and that it was something that he needed to address. Ah, I like that. That shows some insight on his part. It's almost like that he has a, a good EQ, as we would say, you know, emotional IQ, so to speak. So that's a, a good sign. When did that happen in your relationship? At about what point? That happened about two months ago. Got it. Okay. So has anything changed in the past two months? Yes. So we continued to, to date as if things were okay. I still felt some strain. About three weeks ago, we were watching the World Series. And they couldn't hear the game very well, so he was playing it on his phone. When, when I was looking at his phone, a notification from Bumble came in, and he quickly dismissed it. And I said, no, wait a minute, what was that? What was that Bumble notification? And he said, I get emails from them every so often. And I said, I want to see it because I don't get random emails from Bumble. And so he goes, I deleted it. And I said, then go to your deleted files because I would like to see what that said. And when he went to the email, it said that somebody liked his profile. So I started asking him questions, and I could see how uncomfortable he was with that confrontation. And I said, so I could sit here. I will make a Bumble account, my own right now. What, am I going to find you? And he didn't answer the question. And he said, should we leave? And I said, yes, we should leave. And on the way back home to drop me off, which was about a 30-minute drive, he's giving me his phone. He's unlocking his phone. He's giving me his password. I'm trying to create a Bumble account because I don't understand what I just saw. And given the insecurities he had shared with me, I thought, are you looking for someone else? 
And he just kept saying, I'm not looking for someone else. I don't want someone else. I don't have an active account. But that's all he kept saying. And I never could find him when he dropped me off because we, we were going to spend the night somewhere that night. But so he brought my luggage in and I was in the restroom and he just comes to the door and he says, I'm leaving. And I said, okay. And in my mind, him leaving was confirmation that what I was believing was true. I spent that night looking on Bumble to see if I could find him. I, I was not able to find him. He sent me a text, good night, which I didn't respond to. In the morning, he sent me a text, good morning, which I didn't respond to. Throughout that day, he kept sending me texts, which I didn't respond to, telling me that, you know, he didn't want anyone else, that he didn't have an active account, that he loved me, uh, that he shouldn't have left, that he should have stayed, and he should have talked to me about that, but it was just too much tension for him. I never responded to any of those texts, so he started texting everywhere he could text me, my phone, my instant messenger, my work phone with the same messages, my email, he would paste in those same text messages. That night he phoned me, I answered, and he said again that he did not have an active account, that he was sorry about not addressing it with me, that he didn't want anyone else. I told him that I wanted to believe him. With all my heart, I wanted to believe him. But with everything that I had researched that day, it said no one will like your profile without an active account within 30 days. And so I told him I was struggling and ended the conversation that way. Then he sent me a text that said that he found an old account, that he apologized, that he deleted it, and that he didn't want anyone else, but he figured I was done with him. Later that night, I found a tool you could pay for online, which would give you the ability to see if your significant other had a Bumble account. So I paid for that tool and submitted the request. And within 20 minutes, it confirmed for me that twice he was on Bumble, once in November of 2021, and then again in September, just prior to our vacation. I shared that with him. I sent him the picture of his account, of his profile, and it said the same thing that on his account back in 2020 when we met. So I, I knew it was old wording and old photos, but I, I sent it to him with confirmation and said that once he can, if he could bring me my belongings and that I didn't want anything to do with him. Wow. Yes. You know, it's interesting. I'm, you can't see me, but I'm sitting here smiling. You are such a wonder woman. I want everybody to hear that, just what you said. You handled that amazingly, just beautifully. Thank you. How are you feeling during all of that? I felt as if I had been gutted. He and I have such a fantastic relationship. He's my best friend. He tells me I'm his best friend. We're just able to enjoy each other in a way. I love him in a way that I've never loved another man. I love him in a way I, I don't want to hurt him in any way. I, I don't ever want to manipulate him. I know from his past relationships there are insecurities there. I purposely try to navigate those. It's such a pure love that I have for him. And when this happened, I just felt gutted. Yes. But despite how you felt, what you did, you just really could not have handled it better. Thank you. It was, it was really hard. 
unbelievably hard, but really textbook way of handling it. What happened once you said, you know, I don't want to see you anymore. I don't want to have anything to do with you. What, what happened? He kept sending me texts again, saying that he was so sorry, that he felt awful, that he felt like a loser, that he felt that he that I was just always too good for him and that maybe this was a self-fulfilling prophecy and that something that he sabotaged. He would send me texts that I was his best friend ever in his entire life, male or female, and just repeatedly, again, to every device he could send something to because he wasn't sure where he was blocked, telling me he was sorry and how bad he felt. And I I believe him, but I, I didn't respond to any of them. On probably... Two or three days in with that, he sent flowers, and I did not text him to acknowledge the receipt of those flowers. Later that day, he called, and he asked if I had received them, which I said yes, that they were beautiful, but they didn't change things. And then, because again, he would text me everything, and in the middle of the night, he sends me, again, these texts saying he knows I'm blocked, but that he feels awful, and that he feels like a loser, that he is a loser. And then one of the nights, probably five nights in, I just was raw. And I finally replied, which I probably shouldn't have because it was very reactive. But I shared with him, you keep sharing how you feel. How do you think I feel? You've not asked how I feel. You say you feel like a loser. I'm gutted. And I don't understand. And I said, you said you would do this. Like he had always said he would follow up his divorce, which he hadn't. And he says, I will do that today. And I said, you say that, but you don't do that. And so that night, he texted me that he had contacted his ex and that they were coming to an agreement and that he wanted her to file for the divorce. She's in a different state. And Then he replied that she asked for more time to get her finances together. And I did reply to that. And I said, I don't understand why she needs more time after seven years to get her finances together. And he had also stated that it was hurting him financially. And I said, it's already hurting you financially. And then he replied, I don't want to hurt her, which really hit me because I was hurting and he was protecting her, not me. And instead of being reactive, I paused, and then I asked him if he could help me understand that statement. And he didn't reply for at least probably 30 minutes. And earlier, he and I had been texting that we both have a hard time with confrontation and conflict. We don't like it. So neither of us are going to seek that out. But we were explaining that if we were going to get past this, we needed to do it in a way where we were non-judgmental. And that we were willing to say the things that are hard to say. And I said, based off our prior conversation, I'm not being cruel here, but I am asking, can you help me understand that statement? And he replied, I'm on the phone with her. And I said, okay. About an hour later, he sends me a text that they came to an agreement and that she's going to file. So it adds something here, because we didn't have it in your intro, so I didn't know, that he wasn't divorced. It adds a whole other layer. You're right. Because this likely, Carla, added 
to the whole of the issues that you are dealing with with him. So I'm going to give you some things that I think will really help you understand what's been at play here. But first, I want to hear where things are now and how you got here. Okay. Um, things are better. I did some additional research with Bumble. And when I made my own account, I realized and started to see once I closed it and didn't give them any money, the emails that they send you that lure you back into paying them. And so I believe that he wasn't actively looking for anyone. He said that he was, he clicked on it twice when he got those emails out of curiosity and that he was sorry for that. I, I believe him. We have had additional conversations about our future, about retiring together, and potentially one day getting married. Okay. So what prompted you then to get in touch with us and to be on the podcast today? It's such a challenging situation for me because for the past year and a half, two years, from the first night that I met him, he's talked about finalizing his divorce. He only really pushed it because he was going to lose me, but it's still not done. And I don't want to have to keep asking him for a status. I feel like he needs to address that with her and provide me updates every so often to help kind of rebuild, if you will, security there that's been impacted by these past couple of things. I also don't know how correctly to navigate when a woman makes more money than a man and how that makes a man feel, how it impacts their insecurity, especially given that this is a man who has had two wives in his past. They both have cheated on him. To add another layer of complexity that I think sometimes impacts this as well is the fact that his mother left when he was five without any explanation. He was five, she was there, then one day she wasn't for three years. And I asked him, I said, did anyone ever tell you where she went, why she left, that this wasn't your fault, anything? And he said no. Okay, let's go back because I think, as I said, this will help listeners and many times listeners are coming here for this kind of guidance that it's great to see from an objective standpoint. And this is why it's so incredibly helpful to be listening to these episodes, really putting ourselves in each guest's position. So like, what would I do? What would I have done? Oh, wow, she did that, you know? And like I said, Carla, you handled the initial shock of this so beautifully. I mean, you must have been in, in terrible shock when you first saw that uh, flash come over his phone. Yes, yes, I was. What did you pull from to be able to to do what you did? How did you know that that was the right action, so to speak? It, you know, it may have been the things that I've read in the past, and some of it was just very raw. I and I'm, I'm a fact finder, which was why I was trying to create the Bumble account to find him and to find data to help me make a decision instead of making an emotional decision. Right. And for those of you, uh, it would probably be me included there, who wouldn't really know how to do that and find all that out, the cutting it off, 
the black and white nature of doing what you did, Carla, is the salient point. In other words, it's the man coming to you and proving that's what will create the movement in him emotionally and in every other way. That's what creates the movement and you did it. So regardless of anyone being able to do all the investigative work that you were really crackerjack at, it doesn't matter. It's the merely, I saw it. I know, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And that's it for me. I just don't want to see you anymore. That's it. And this creates him doing exactly what he did. And it's textbook what he did. So let's go a little bit further. You had mentioned at a certain juncture, you felt it probably wasn't the right thing to do, but I... Oh, back in the beginning, when we met, we went on a date the first night he reached out and we had sexual relations that first night. Ah, okay. But that's interesting. And that's a great point. But that isn't what I was talking about. And right here and now, let's just get that out of the way. I'm going to make a statement about that. Here's such an important thing to know because so many women come to me. I had sex on the first date. There's not going to be any chance for this because he's going to have put me in the second category of Freud's Madonna whore dichotomy. And he'll never see me differently. And it's going to be a no-go. And if anybody's feeling that, I want you to hear Carla's story and know that that isn't the case. It's not about when you sleep with the man. It's about two things. First, we have to understand that if you incorporate it into your knowledge about men, Freud's Madonna whore dichotomy, you will understand that it is the moment the man sees you and is around you in any way, shape, or form. So for example, it's why our profile pictures are very important. It's why how we present ourselves on social media is very important. It's how we overall dress ourselves and present ourselves that have the man putting us from the first few moments in the Madonna category, meaning woman for relationship. So that will be at play for all of us. Now, again, according to each male, they're always on a scale with it in terms of how seriously they adhere to it or if they have some leeway. For example, we think about the the stereotypical someone who's, say, super religious, abides by a strict religiosity or something of that sort. They're likely going to be very high on the scale and very, very black and white about things. Again, I'm just using this as an example. It doesn't mean that all, again, I'm speaking in a gross generalization to make a point, that It's if you present yourself in any way as someone of value and that you're not overtly in the second category of Freud's Madonna whore, then it's not so much about when you have sex. It's about you not changing whatever you are doing to present yourself in the category of Madonna You don't change anything. Meaning, if you were doing dating right, quote unquote, he pursued you, you go out, you have such a wonderful time out with him, and you, yes, it's not the best thing, but you have sex with him on the first date. As long as you don't change after that, you don't start texting him, you don't start pursuing him, 
everything remains the same. You don't become super emotional. Put him in the boyfriend category right away. All manner of these things that can happen once a woman has sex. So I would bet that that part of your relationship, you know, it went fairly well, um, except you did say that you stopped seeing each other and started seeing someone else. Yes, yes. I, I did not change after we had our first date and had sex because I was dating others and there was one person in particular who I was much more attracted to who asked for exclusivity. And so I did share that with Mike about two months in that I was going to be exclusive with this other person to which he was not happy about. And did you cut everything off then with him and just say, you know, this is what I need to do? What, how did that come down? Yes, I, I cut everything off. I explained to him that although I cared a lot for him, I also cared for this other person. And this other person wanted to try and be exclusive and see where our relationship could go, where that's not where Mike was at the time. I shared that I'm sure that he understood and that because of that, I would no longer be able to speak with him. And how long did you go that time without speaking? Three months. And what happened with the other relationship where you stopped seeing that man? Um, that The relationship was just not what I thought it was going to be. And I kept thinking of Mike. Mike is very kind and considerate and not controlling. The other person was much more controlling more easily frustrated with people, not so much me, but others, waiters. It just didn't set well with me. Got it. This is a good segue to what I'm going to tell you now of what you're going through now and an understanding of something that is going to be really valuable to you. And that is, I trust you're enjoying Make Him Wonder and that you're getting a lot of helpful information for the life of love you desire and deserve. So if you're not part of the 80-20 Wonder Club yet, you need to be, because now Make Him Wonder is exclusive, a members-only club to listen to every episode, past, present, and future, in full, all ad-free. The 80-20 Wonder Club is a Make Him Wonder membership that gives you all of seasons one, two, and three in a categorized list by age and relationship status and a multimedia library of my content, including my book, relationship evals, and my Making Magic with Men Mindset Manual, a weekly action step you can focus on to attract and keep the man of your dreams and have him committing to you completely in the coming months. Make this the moment you start living as an 80-20 Wonder Woman, because love, like life, is best lived in 80-20. When you do 80% of what works with men, the 20% you don't won't much matter. Join the 80-20 Wonder Club by going to the 8020wonder.club. Don't miss out. Go now to the 8020wonder.club. You and your man will be glad you did. Your understanding of Mike being this person and why you were more interested in him is who he is with women. And that means all women. And that means his soon-to-be ex-wife. In other words, his kindness, him being considerate, him thinking of others' feelings, 
He said to you all that you need to hear. I didn't want to hurt her. That's what we want in a man. Here's the problem with that is that men then do not take action that would still be best for someone, especially another woman, that would actually hurt them less. And by not wanting to hurt her, he ends up hurting two people, her and you. But that is why he did not simply, without a reason, meaning that he was going to move forward in his life, he did not want to pull the final plug and make the, the divorce happen. You see? Yes. Does that change how you see it? No. Tell me why not. I, I saw that in him, that, I, that he was waiting, not wanting to hurt anyone, but I, not understanding that at the end of the day, he's hurting me. That's male. So what you're saying is that he's choosing to hurt me over her. Is that what you mean? Not so much choosing to hurt me over her, but not wanting the conflict, not wanting to hurt her, not kind of wanting to put his head in the sand and not deal with it, especially when I saw the way that, you know, he left me on that Saturday night. Um, just that was the first time I really could see how uncomfortable he was with things that have conflict to them. And I feel that he was kind of kicking the can down the road with her, not really realizing fully what it was doing to me until that point. I think when I asked him if he could help me understand why he didn't want to hurt her, I, I think he couldn't. Okay, and I'm going to help you, okay? Because I think this is what will help you more than anything as a takeaway from being a guest here today. It is so important that we understand men in this fashion. And here's what I think, certainly for, for me, how I've been able to deal with this with men because in some way, shape, or form, uh, we have to deal with this with men because, yes, they are conflict avoidant for the most part. And if they're not, you're going to have a whole host of other problems. Think about the other man you were dating, controlling and not as kind and whatever. He probably has no trouble hurting someone. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. So you'll have a whole host of other problems. But here's what you need to know about good men. In our Judeo-Christian society, and certainly in other societies as well, I would dare say it's kind of the fundamental of being a real man. You do not hurt women and children. Okay? So if it's a good man, that's his fundamental baseline creed. Here's the problem. That they don't have the ability abilities that women do in terms of the perceptions, how to behave in certain ways that will actually hurt those women and children maybe more. The intention, in other words, is good. The execution of the intention is almost always subpar because they don't have the ability. So, for example, I'm going to use something I talk about all the time in my Mechanics of Men, that we want the car to run. We have a car, which is the, is the metaphorical relationship, and we want it to run well. Uh, I was just dealing with this with my husband just recently, and it's, it's, it's apropos here. So, car has issues, and my husband travels uh, during the week. He's uh, not here. He's here on the weekends. So 
I'm left many times to do something and I don't want to bother him about it. So I took the car to the mechanic and the mechanic does something. Again, I don't want to bother him about it because of work. And I have the mechanic do it and it's costly. But it was to fix the problem and and it was kind of skirted over and I just did it. Well, it didn't fix the problem at all. And then afterwards, when, you know, on the weekend we're talking about it and the problem isn't fixed, he knows more what it probably was but now the money has been spent. It was unnecessary to do on the car. All manner of issues ensued from it. Here's the thing. My intentions were good. I just don't know what I don't know. I don't have the discernment. I don't have the innate know-how. I'm not male. He is not female. His intentions are good. He doesn't want to create a problem for anybody. But he doesn't know what he doesn't know. And he ends up causing more havoc than what would have been if he had not done things the way he had done it. Correct? Yes, correct. Spot on. It makes perfect sense because you brought up the mechanic. It makes me realize more and more, you know, I don't always like to address things that are challenging because I want to have fun. But I need to be a better mechanic in helping him, because I do believe he's a good man. His intentions are good. Execution may be flawed, but I can help. I'm just not sure how to do that in a way that doesn't make him feel more insecure or feel that he has less power since I have the financial means. Right? We go back to that, those dynamics. It's so true. Yes, this is what we as women are saddled with, in other words. We know and guiding them to it is never easy. But just what you outlined for you vis-a-vis Mike is the salient point here. So if any of you are in the 8020 Wonder Club, you're a client of mine, you likely know about my peacock test. And I'm talking about it here because it's, it's coming up here for you, Carla. And what this is, is that every man wants to be a peacock. The male peacock has that beautiful plume of feathers that is so colorful and gorgeous. And we can call it peacocking. He struts around with his feathers open. So every man wants to be that. But vis-a-vis each particular woman, he can be a peacock or a pheasant or a pelican or a pigeon. And you have to take the test according to you because you see what's happening vis-a-vis you right now he's not a peacock but if he were to maybe date somebody who was maybe the same age the same looks category the same everything but she uh didn't have a job she didn't make three times the money he would feel more like a peacock you see where i'm going with it yes so you do have to be careful because when we are so together, so to speak, meaning here you make the money you do, but then you also have the knowing in your personal life. It's like he feels, oh my God, she's got it all over me. Why would she even be interested in me? Correct? Yes. He said that many times. Uh Uh-huh. And then we're going to throw in, you had mentioned like low T. So does that mean in the bedroom, he's also not coming forward 
to you a lot or not able to perform or is there anything there? Because that also adds to it. He's able to perform, but he's not the one coming to me. I'm the one going to him and enticing that. And then it always is fine. Um, but it, it's, I'm the one going to him. Hmm. I think with the low T, I, I, don't, I don't know that the desire is there. And you see, that may not be low T if he's able to perform well. It could be that it's just he doesn't feel like the peacock he needs to feel more like in order to pursue you sexually. Do you know what I mean? Yes. That's, you're touching on something else that, that I haven't mentioned. He's helped me do some projects around the house. And some of them, to be candid, I wasn't necessarily ready to do. But I could see how important it was for him to be needed and to do something and provide something to me. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that's another way of him peacocking. Yes. A man wants to be useful. And I'm getting a sense from talking to you. You're a very powerful woman. I don't know what you do for a living, but I would bet you're good at it. You're a somebody that if you want something done, give it to Carla. It'll get done. It'll get done well and on time. Is that true? Yes, very. Mm-hmm. And he may be not so much that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you see how all of it, you're going to really have to get good at sexy mother. And I'll explain what that is to you. It's a way of being that we have to adopt to make a man feel more powerful, more peacock-like, very comfortable providing for us what he's able to provide for us. Because at the end of the day, when you are in a relationship with a man, especially married, living with him, being with him a long time, what can happen is wondering what I'm going to tell Carla about Mike that will help her to understand why, despite his apparent love for her, he appears to be choosing his wife over her. In the rest of this episode, I outline for Carla what she will need to do to navigate the minefield of her separated man, stay away from his battles, and win his heart for the possibility of long-term love and his complete commitment. And because I want you to get the results you desire in your romantic life, I invite you to check out the 8020 Wonder Club, an exclusive membership-only club of the Make Him Wonder podcast, where you'll get over 140 ad-free episodes categorized by age and relationship status, plus all new episodes the moment they're formatted and ready to be aired. Unfiltered coaching conversations like this one, with all my advice and principles, to have you succeeding in your romantic life. And there's much more. The 8020 Wonder Club now includes my Making Magic with Men Mindset Manual, a weekly video series for you to focus on each and every week. It alone is valued at over $500 and is all yours as a member. Join monthly and cancel at any time or save by committing to a six or 12-month membership. And not only will you save by committing to more, you'll receive a full coaching intensive experience where you'll be talking to me in a conversation like you just heard. You choose the date anytime during your 12 months and I'll be answering all your questions on getting what you desire and deserve in your romantic life. Check it out at the 8020wonder.club and join us as that is the only way you'll be able to hear where she goes from here. 
Don't miss out on how to make your man wonder in the right way to have divine right results in your relationship or how to start dating in a way that guides a potential Mr. Right to do right by you. Go now to the8020wonder.club. That's T-H-E-8020wonder.club. You and your love will be glad you did.